Welcome to the GC On Demand podcast, a show about people, about process, about technology, about community. It's great conversations with great technologists about things that matter to you, that matter to all of us. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit gcondemand.io for all of the show notes. And with that, let's get started. Welcome, everyone, to the GC On Demand podcast this week. Uh, thanks for listening. It's uh, another fine, uh, pleasurable day as we head into the the fun part of the year. We've got conference season kicking up. Uh, of course, if you don't already know me, my name is Eric Wright. I'm at Disco Posse on Twitter. You can find me in the Green Circle community. If you go to greencirclecommunity.com, I'm Disco Posse in there as well. And as you know, community and conferences start to converge on each other, I thought there's no better person to talk to about the adventures in community and, and community building than a, a well-known community advocate and community builder, uh, Angelo Luciani. Angelo, uh, if you want to introduce yourself to the folks, let us know how we can find you online, and then we're going to talk about community building. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me again, on again. Uh, I always love connecting and chatting uh, chatting with you and sort of seeing where our discussions sort of head. So that's always it's always great. Uh, for folks that uh, may not know, I'm uh, Angelo Luciani, Community Manager at Nutanix. Uh, I also blog at Virtuize.com and am on Twitter at Angelo Luciani. Now, community is a funny thing because it's such a it's such a broad coverage area, and you know, I've had a lot of different areas we've talked about. Uh, you know, developer communities are different. We've, I've talked with John O'Bacon before. John O's great. Uh, literally wrote the book on the art of the community. I always say he has, he has a great book on it. Uh, but you've had some very interesting experiences growing on sort of the I'd call it the operations side of the world. So this is you know coming out of you know IT ops folks that are talking about infrastructure, and there's lots of different infrastructure communities, uh, a couple of popular ones, obviously. So, Angela, what's your experience been like? How did you get involved in in community attending and community building? Yeah, I think, um, as I've mentioned in the past, I think I, I really got into community uh, attending, let's say, uh, with, with the VMUGs. Um, I attended my first Toronto VMUG, uh, and they had a VMware SE running it, and from there they... They were looking for a, a local leader, and that's sort of where I stepped up and, trans, and, and sort of decided to take on the role of um, leading the local community. Um, and over time, it, it, it's interesting how, and like you, like you mentioned, you know, I, I sort of have dealt with infrastructure folks, and now I find myself kind of uh, exploring different uh, types of communities and, and, and more of the uh, developer type community. Um, you know, of course, similar people. Um, different interests, but uh, really interesting how I'm, I'm actually sort of transitioning that way a little more, uh, trying to sort of broaden my 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 network of, of folks that I connect with. Um, and of course, you know, uh, I took on when I ran um, when I ran the VMUG, I also took on uh, other aspects of the community building online as well. So I would jump in and create you know, LinkedIn groups, uh, Google Plus uh, groups, and now I think they call them communities, um, and a bunch of other, um, I 
take advantage of a bunch of other platforms where I could and sort of start branching out and building out um, places where people could get together and sort of talk about a particular topic. Now, I think what's interesting is this, the process of getting involved in it and growing the community. And there's a huge aspect to what we do in our local communities. And if you look by the definition, community talks about generally a local you know, group of people that have a shared, you know, want to achieve something or to grow and nurture something. When you think about your in-person experience, what are some of the tips you think you have for people that want to grow an in-person community? What are some of the things that you've done that have made it successful to really keep people engaged while you're in person with them? Yeah, one of the one of the biggest things I share with folks um, when when doing in-person uh, community activities or events is really to get to know the faces in the seats, um, folks that that are attending your your user group meeting or your uh, your your sort of meetup. Uh, you really need to spend time and get to know folks, uh, get to know a little bit about them. You know where they work. Um, um, what they do outside of work, what they what they have in, interests in, and things like that, because it's those folks that when they go back to their offices, uh, they're the ones that will will begin to evangelize and talk about you know the, the the community event that they had just attended and the and the type of experience they um, they took part in, and it and it's and it's their energy and it's their excitement that over time will begin to sort of build up your your local uh, event. And no matter how small, um, I think, if I recall, I think our first uh, VMUG uh, back in 2010, I think I had like seven people registered and I think five showed up for the first meeting or, or you know, give or take one or two people. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but I, it, it's really important. I mean, you know, some of these events really can, you know, you go to these conferences and things and, and, and sometimes can get overwhelmed with, with all the activities and all the people there, but it's really important to, to sort of spend some time with, with anyone you come, come into contact with and really get to them as best you can. Um, that's really uh, one of the, the key things I share with folks um, when talking about sort of building user groups or um, participating in community events. S super important to, to sort of get, get beyond just the faces and the seats. Now, when you're doing that growth from, you know, five to, to 25, what were some of the success stories and factors that, that got you to you know, see those same five people show up and bring five more and bring five more. Like how, how did you, what content and what personal experiences did you create in order to get those people to come back and, and see value in, in what we were delivering? Yeah. Yeah. Two points I'd share here. Um, and I think you just kind of lightly touched on it, but I think for, for, for our events to grow, whether it's a user group or, or community meetup, et cetera, uh, relevant content is important. Um, I find uh, it's important to sort of gauge or, or, or kind of get a feel for where where the in on the spectrum your folks that are attending your meetings um, sit. You know, are they beginners? Are they more advanced? And then sort of use that as a compass in terms of trying to find the right content um, to deliver to these folks in the next meeting or the next meetup or the next event. 
very important. And and you can do that in a you know a few ways. And one of the one of the typical ways um, that I did it was through surveys. Uh, uh, after the event, we'd send out a survey, get a feel for uh, you know was the was the content um, right on or. Um, you know uh, what would you like to hear more of and things like that you really have to invest time in, in sort of exploring and, and digging in a little deeper into the data to get a feel for for what folks um, uh, want and as well even have those discussions in your in your particular meeting to kind of you know face to face kind of get a feel at the moment for what's what's important to, to people so that that's one thing another another point here is to keep the conversation going in between uh, meetings and meetups, and and we did that in a number of ways. I mean, you know, obviously we we took advantage of social media, and it was there where we you know we would constantly post uh, uh, material from the event, um, material we think would be interesting to our lo local community. Um, and I think what what you'll find is over time, you keep those conversations going in between uh, meet, meetings, that folks still feel like it, you know they're just having an extended conversation from their from their last meeting, and and, and you really get to stay in touch with people, and you're able to really um, they really feel that they 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 have a connection where they they want to attend the next one and they want to attend the next one, um, and that's sort of your public face you know, in between the meetings and that kind of encourages other folks that may be interested in attending to kind of get a, get some insight into what, what's going on and have the ability with social media today to sort of ping you and ask you a question. Hey, you know, um, when were you thinking of, of your next meeting? Hey, you know, I might, I'm kind of interested in presenting at the next one. Um, so things like that. So those are two, two key things that I think um, are quite useful. Now, the other thing I think is creating champions who can help you to drive that. And how much of that do you do proactively? How much do you like look for people that you can say, hey, do you want to do more? And how much of it was literally just people that came to you and said, hey, I want to do more? Like, did, did you find early on that you had to, you saw people that could be more participatory and you sort of, like latch onto them a bit and said like, Hey, this is cool. Get feedback from them and, and sort of encourage them to, to interact more or like what were the points where you saw in the growth of that community where new people came to help to amplify that message with you? Yeah. Good, good point, Eric. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd break it down. I, I would say it's like a 50, 50 split. I've, um, you know, uh, seen folks where they've stepped up and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of pointing at you virtually where you, after, after a few meetings, you were like, you were like ready to, to step in. Hey, you know, I'm, I, uh, I'd be interested in giving a presentation and helping out and sort of, um, being part of this. Um, and that, that, that was a, a godsend. Just be having the, you know, having that opportunity to sort of lean on you as well in sort of helping to grow and develop um, our local uh, user group in particular. Um, and then there are some folks where, you know, they attend, they attend, they attend, and they contribute to the to the meeting. And then you kind of just have this this gut feeling that there might be a little more with with this individual, and what you would typically do is you 
typically like probe a little bit. Hey, have you thought about, um, I, I read your latest blog post. Have you, have you thought about maybe putting that into a presentation? Um, maybe you can try it out here at our, at our local user group and, and, and go from there. So I, I think we, you know, you and I were successful in, in pulling in a few um, community members to speak um, over time, over the course of our sort of running the, the user group. Um, so that was exciting, but yeah, I, I would say it's a 50-50 split. Um, it's always good to sort of seek out people, but it's always really encouraging when people kind of step up and say, hey, um, you know, can, can I help out? Um, is there, you know, is, is there something I can do? It doesn't really matter what it is at the moment, just as long as I can, I can help out and, and sort of help uh, grow our local um, local community. Because I also think there's a little bit of uh, pride there as well, where you really want your you really want your local um, IT community to to be the best in the world, so to speak. Yeah, it's definitely you want it to be something that people really want to come back to, and and the more they interact with it, I think the more they're attached to it. Even if it's like that's all they stick around for. A lot of times they're just there, like, well, I'll ride out the presentations because I just want to hang out with my friends, you know. And and that's yeah. really what it what it is. And at its core, we we learn. But it truly is like a growth of a network. And we've met people through it who we've eventually, you know, met also through business relationships. Uh, you know, we, you realize that we're, it is a very small world in IT, which is great because then you go and then you take your chapter of something and then you say, hey, you know, so we've got the Southwestern Ontario group that was close, close enough. Next thing you know, you find yourself driving out, you know, or you get invited to be able to come and attend Chicago or, you know, Orlando, whatever. It's it's really neat because yeah. those, that experience you build in your local chapter, when you can take it into another market and help them to say like, well, we've had really good success with it, then, you know, that's, but that's the other thing I want to talk about. Then the personalization by region, you know, you've you're building neat stuff across different regions right now through through work. Then you've always had a real big view. You started the Silicon Valley VMUG. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things you've done that have been outside the region. How much does regionalization affect the way the community interacts? Because I know some are only daytime. Well, can't do evening stuff. Otherwise, like there's no way we can come during the day. But if you do an evening thing, we're guaranteed to fill seats. How do you? How do you learn regionalization of stuff and as you build that community? Yeah, that's an important point. Um, it's important sort of to get a feel for the uh, ebb and flow of the local the local community. And that's where you really have to lean on people that, that want to step up and help um, and really leverage their knowledge and, and use their feedback and sort of driving um, the local local meetings and, and, and meetups. Um, one, you know, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. One of the top, I, I, I would, I would, I would bet that one of the top questions when starting a user group is, you know, do I do a meeting in the morning? Do I do a meeting in the after, uh, um, afternoon? Do I do a meeting in the evening? Um, and, and what I, what I typically tell folks is, uh, experiment, uh, you know, if, if, if you don't really have a sense of what the best spot is for you at the moment, experiment, maybe have a, have a meeting, uh, you know, eight to twelve one one time, and then another time have a meeting at uh, three to five, and then maybe try something in the evening. 
and get that feedback, you know, through surveys and through um, getting a sense of who's attending, and then sort of use that as your compass going forward on where, where you, when you think um, the best time to have a meeting is. But yeah, that, that's got to be like, sort of like the number one question uh, most lead, leaders ask is, you know, what, what's the best time? And I don't, you know, I'm not sure that that time really dictates, um, you know, the type of attendance you'll have. I, I mean, I think it's more content and wanting to get together with folks and connect. But it, it certainly does play into, uh, it certainly does have a little piece in playing into that sort of, you know, having folks come out to, to your event. Yeah. Now, this is the, the fun part where, you know, regionalization is one thing, but going beyond the region is even more challenging because we cross time zones, we cross, you know, language barriers. We, we, we go, we're, it's amazing, you know, community is truly worldwide. Now, as we get into worldwide stuff and even just, you know, beyond the confines of the two hour to seven hour block you've got in a room with somebody, what are good online tools that you've had success with and what are some that you've had challenges with? You know, I uh, let's start with the one that I know everybody's yelling out into the into the their radio right now. They're saying, like, just use Slack. And, <laughs> and I know this is where I can also do the clickbait. Like you won't believe what Angelo said about Slack. Uh, <laughs> tell, tell what about what about Slack? Yeah, Slack, gotta love it. We're we're or, both gonna be like on a fifty-fifty in this one. I'm more like eighty-twenty. I've had some real challenges with uptake with Slack, but it's more a personal thing. So tell me about your experiences with using Slack as a way to enable continuous conversation. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, there's that whole aspect, you know, look, like, let's look at it from an IT admin sort of uh, perspective with Slack. I mean, there's that whole, and, and there's that whole aspect of Slack that's not really designed, I don't think, for um, for IT administration, so to speak. Um, and, and that may not be, it's, it didn't, it didn't come up from that aspect. So I can understand how sort of that kind of piece uh, might be thinking but you know at the moment it's it's super manual to like invite people um, and you know and, and through the through uh, just emails and and you know so, so you can put like 10 15 people in an email and invite them that's great but um, you know sometimes folks don't get their their invites and 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 things like that but that and that's getting into the weeds a little bit on that but uh, generally I, I just realized a new a new phrase I can come up with. We we could talk about the full stack engineer. When you're involved in a lot of communities and they all use Slack, I'm I've gonna come up with something called the full Slack engineer. It is <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you really have to have like seven different teams active. Each of them has their own invite, their own site. Yeah. It's very like you said, it is very sort of onerous to get get up and running. It's great if you're interacting with one small group and that's kind of where you yeah. are. But I think at its core, Slack to me is it's meant to extend the conversation beyond what you've already had as a personal. Because I, I find all the value that I really gain is in-person meetings. And then yeah. you, you keeping the conversation flow and keeping that familiarity through the other toolkit is there. Versus like Slack is a very developer-focused Yep. Lots of great things that you can trigger, you know, you can use bots, you can use, you know, trigger external functions. There's some really, really neat things you can do. And I don't think it's really, we're, we're using the wrong tool to fit necessarily, you know, but for 
online communities, have you had any real, like, this is the one, this is the, the Uber of the Slack of the Cadillac of whatever, like, is there, is there a tool you've ever found that's really helped to be the one that helps a general, I'll say operations focused community, which also is kind of where I think our target is. Yeah, you know, I think I think the, I think the space is still still growing and still trying to find its way. Um, and you know, uh, I'm I, I should also share that you know I, I'm starting I'm starting to see uh, Slack communities pop up, and what I mean by that is um, I think I think Puppet has has sort of has have a has a Slack uh, community. Um, uh, you know, versus a sort of a forum-based uh, community, um, but I, you know, I, I know a lot of folks like Stack Overflow uh, community. Right. That I think that's got a, a great sort of um, you 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 get a good sense of like it's got a great ebb and flow uh, for things, um, but I I really don't think that there's um, like like this is this is the 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 golden ticket. Type to, to community and maybe maybe that maybe we're we're thinking of uh, of an opportunity out loud. Who knows? <laughs> That's right. VCs take hold here. We've we've got something we're going to start incubating. Uh, you know, you talked about LinkedIn, uh, and I think that has been a handy way in the past uh, because it's traditionally it's professional interactions. So it's uh, Twitter's handy, but it's also less in it's more informal, uh, and it's. Not everybody was on it you know, because they didn't necessarily see the value, uh, you know, especially early on. Uh, yeah. You know, meetups. Have you used meetups.com for things? I know I've used it for Turbonomic user groups, and we've had really good success with keeping the interactivity through there. Have you tried meetups in, in your own experiences? Yeah, I've, I've tried it uh, a couple times. I think I think it's a great uh, platform, if you will, a uh, good way to keep keep folks uh, involved and a great way to sort of, you know, if you don't have any other options, it's a great starting point to sort of begin pulling together or putting together um, the mechanics for your particular user group or or meetup. Now, we've definitely, we talked about the things to try to do to succeed. So in person, you know, measure the audience, know your audience, Try and keep the conversation going between meetings through whatever interactive means we can. That's definitely success factors that help to grow it. Uh, your personal commitment to it, and the you know your being any uh, any local leaders of a community, as well as other champions of the community. Now, what about on the other side, where as we experiment and we try different things, is there a, a community fatigue that can come for you as a leader, where you say, "Look, I'm." I just can't. I can't give as much time as I need to in order to make this successful. What are what are sort of warning signs that you may be hitting a fatigue level you know, with doing something and in the community side? Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a hard question. I, I think um, to answer. And the only reason I say that is, you know, they always say if if you're passionate about something. Um, you know, it's like you've never, like your work is not your work. It's like you've never worked a day in your life, right? And you just keep, you just keep, keep plugging away at, at that thing that you're passionate about. But you're right. I mean, I could, I could see how over time, I think if you sort of stop your, 
or, or slow down maybe your commitment to sort of re reaching out to folks and finding out what they want to hear about or, um, you know, helping to find relevant content for your community. Uh, if you're, if you're kind of lackluster on those kind of aspects of it, I think that might be sort of an early sign where you, you, you might just want to lean on sort of your, your, your leadership team, if you will, um, and kind of just leverage those folks to sort of help pull, pull, pull you along. And, and I'm hoping, you know, in hopes of maybe sort of giving you some space and then sort of re-energizing you to, to get back, back involved in, in sort of leading and, and working with, with the team to deliver content and, and material for your particular um, user group. And I think that's really what it is, is just it's making sure that you can measure the amount that you can give back and use it well. Sometimes you need to step back from it, especially when we have like an online continuous presence that there's this, you know, every once in a while I'll go through these things. And on your recommendation, I read uh, Cal Newton's, I think it was here, Cal, or D yep. Deep Work, uh, phenomenal yep. book. And it, it's funny, you know, you, a lot of people's reaction you gave me one was like, I think I need to get off of social media altogether. Like, like you're, just like, you're, 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 all this time is going away, but you can measure it. And I think that's really what the continuous community stuff does as well. It's like, look for the right opportunities to stay online. But you know, if you're, if you're at a family reunion and you're, you're, you're knee deep in Slack channels on your phone, that maybe this isn't the right way to use that time. Well, yeah, that's right. I agree with that, and and uh, you know I, I do recommend folks uh, read the book uh, Deep Work by um, Cal Newport. Newport, uh, yes. it, it, yeah, great read. Um, I think it will change your thinking on a few few things, rather than sort of you know doing a lot of this shallow work where we just touch on these different uh, topics. It really talks about you know getting really deep involved in in. Um, in what you're doing, and I think you know, um, one of your earlier podcasts with Renee, I think you guys and uh, Byron, I think you guys were talking about um, um, certifications, yeah, uh, study methods, I think, and um, that really got me, you know, sort of thinking, um, kind of brought back the the book Deep Work for me, where it, you know it kind of sounded like uh, from Renee, you know, you kind of focus and you really go deep into the topic that's in front of you at the moment. Um, so that, that that's uh, I, I recommend that book um, to folks if they're interested. Now this is the the fun part. You know, we're we're winding up on time, and I've always always loved this idea that in a, at a in a Jobsian type of moment that you could say, oh, all right, and and one one more thing. You know, I, we don't have an iPhone seven to deliver or an iPhone or whatever version it was at the time that he did that on stage, uh, but. We do have something pretty cool coming up, and I think I'm even sneaking up on you. Speaking of online communities, <laughs> of course, you know, Virtual Design Master is is right. a program that we've created. Uh, we've now had you know <laughs> many seasons, uh, and it is the time to kick that up again. And no better time to uh, to do a reveal than than right now. Of course, uh, we are starting the process again. Uh, we are looking forward to the next season of Virtual Design Master. And Angela, let's just talk for 30 seconds. What what do you love about Virtual Design Master and what are you looking forward to as we head into this next iteration of it? 
Yeah, I really, I really get excited when I see the growth from people. Um, for those that actually do get to progress through the competition, there is a lot of growth. Um, it, it just, it's just exciting to see, you know, especially when folks are challenged with new things they've never done before, and they come back and they say, "Hey, you know, I've done my best within the, the time constraints. Um, this is what I've come up with, and I've never." I've never played with uh, Puppet as an example before, and, and now you've got my interest, and I think after Virtual Design Master, I'll, I'll continue exploring um, uh, Puppet. I, I just love those um, those little moments, um, and I really love that, you know, sort of the storytelling around that. Uh, and, and it's funny, uh, you know, folks that, that do um, get, um, that don't make it, I'm trying to word this the, 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 in the nicest, yeah, nicest way. They don't make it Folks to the that sort of don't make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, no one's, no one's really, uh, no, no one's like um, upset, so to speak. I yeah. mean, they may be disappointed, but they look back and they see what they've learned and they, and they continue watching the competition. And in fact, I know some folks that even continued trying the challenges so it's really a great experience, a great, great way to connect with, with folks. And I know um, this year uh, we'll, we'll have a lot of new and exciting um, storylines and activities for people to participate in. So it's, it's, um, if, if folks are up for it, I really encourage you to, um, to join in and check it out. Exactly. So anybody that wants to, to learn more, of course, as we get started, we'll, uh, we'll be at virtualdesignmaster.io. You can also go to virtualdesignmaster.com. It forwards over. Uh, we will find the right way for people to sign up. A uh, form will be going up uh, so that we can get people involved. For those who would like to sponsor, you can reach out to myself. Uh, and we're always looking for, for people to contribute to the community to help drive it. Uh, very happy that, you know, Turponomic helped us in the past and, and we've got lots of other areas. So I kind of leaned into my own company and said, hey, this is a great community building thing. And the end result is when we look at online community building, it there's a, a sideways advantage to getting to know people because they become our friends, they become our business, you know, colleagues, and and we've grown together. We've had multiple VCDXs that have come out of the Virtual Design yeah. Master Camp. It's not that we're the only ones that got them there, but we may have helped to spur it along a little bit more. And we've also introduced yeah. people through that to to meet new people who then they became colleagues with and mentors and, and such. So that's the real opportunity for this stuff. So whether it's in-person community, you know, what are the right tools to do it? You know, use what you have that works experiment. I think you, you really laid out a lot of good stuff here, Angelo. And for folks that are looking to build a community, you know, how do we get a hold of you to get some continued advice on this and, uh, you know, hopefully share a little bit more, uh, you know, at an upcoming event if we have an opportunity to meet everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I always tell folks, uh, if I, you know, if, if we're at, we're at an event, don't be shy. Um, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to come up to you to say, hi, please come up to me to say, hi. I'm always, uh, uh, eager to, to, to meet new folks and, and folks that sort of follow, um, virtual design master and, and just the, you know, the V community in general. Um, you know, great way to, to sort of grab my attention, ping me on Twitter, uh, at, Angelo Luciani. I know it's it's not the most creative name, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to go with that. Um, so yeah, best way is just to sort of ping me on Twitter. Um, that I, I that's I, I leave it at that. Yeah. 
Nice. Well, that's good. Again, so folks want to get a hold of me, I'm at Disco Posse on Twitter. You can uh, send me a message through the Green Circle community. Uh, if you just go to greencirclecommunity.com, uh, and I'm Disco Posse in there. Uh, definitely looking for opportunities. Hope to meet people at events coming up. As we get into conference season, we'll have a bit more big things that I'm sure Angelo and I and many others in the GC on-demand community will will be at. So thank you to everybody for listening. Thanks, Angelo, for, for talking more and sharing your knowledge on growing online communities. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. If you like what you heard here and want to hear much more, don't forget to subscribe to the GC on-demand podcast. You can go to gcondemand.io where you'll find the links in order to catch us in iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, and more. So go to gcondemand.io. Don't forget to rate us in your podcaster of choice and look for much, much more. Have a show idea? Tweet us at GC On Demand. Thanks for listening.